During Black History Month earlier this year, Governor Bruce Rauner appeared at an event about workplace diversity inside the state government building in downtown Chicago. It was lunchtime and the place was packed. One of the speakers, Hyatt Hotels executive Tyrone Studemeyer, invited Rauner onto the stage for a little demonstration. This chocolate serve represents diversity. Women, people of color, people with disabilities, the aging population, Generation X, Y, and Z. He hands Rauner a glass of milk and squeezes a bit of Hershey's chocolate syrup into it, pointing out that in most organizations, diversity sits at the bottom. You don't get inclusion until you actually stir it up. I want you to stir it up, Governor. Stir it up. Rauner follows the directions, and then after a bit of awkward banter... And it actually tastes pretty good, but I'm not going to ask the governor to drink it because it may not be good, but it does taste good. I'll drink it. I'll You'll be drink proud it. To. He'll be proud, too. He go. takes a big gulp. So diversity it's is... It's really, really good. <laughs> D- diversity. Diversity. This bizarre spectacle made headlines and led to all kinds of memes on Twitter. One guy even tweeted, This man is a few Oreos away from becoming Martin Luther King Jr. Rauner is a very wealthy white man, and throughout his re-election bid, he struggled to appeal to people of all races across Illinois, one of the most diverse states in America. But his opponent, J.B. Pritzker, an even wealthier white man, has had diversity gaffes of his own. I'm sure you thought of this one, but Jesse White, uh, even though I know you guys aren't like, you know, bosom buddies or anything, it covers you on the African-American thing. Correct. That's audio from a wiretapped phone call between Pritzker and now-imprisoned former Governor Rod Blagojevich, talking about which black politician would be the most agreeable one to replace Barack Obama in the Senate after he became president. Both of these guys want to run the state of Illinois for the next four years, and both say they want to represent the state's vastly different communities. But a recent WBEZ investigation and a new discrimination lawsuit are raising questions about how much they actually mean it. This is On Background, the WBEZ politics podcast. I'm Becky Vivi. Each week, we bring you the backstory on the big story. Today, race in the governor's race, the truth about diversity inside Governor Bruce Rauner's administration, and a look at how J.B. Pritzker has handled his own stumbles when he talks about race. Joining me is WBEZ's Dan Mihalopoulos. Hi, Dan. Hey, Becky. So, Dan, your investigation essentially found that Rauner overwhelmingly appoints white men to Illinois boards and to his cabinet. But before we get to the numbers, can you explain how you were able to find this information and why you felt it was important to look at? Well, we wanted to look at it because this is a question that we ask of any uh, leader at any level of government here in this diverse state. Uh, We looked at uh, Mayor Rahm Emanuel's administration. I I broke down his cabinet and uh, his hires uh, in 2012, short time after he took office, uh, found also uh, a lack of diversity that was not reflective of the population of Chicago as a whole. We looked at it again before uh, Mayor Emanuel ran for re-election. So this is a standard that we apply to every leader that we elect here. And did you find that this information was publicly available? Was it easy to get? No, not really. Uh, you know, it, we looked at both the cabinet members of the Rauner administration in this uh, his first term, and we also looked at the appointments to state boards and commissions. Obviously, when it comes to cabinet members, uh, you can uh, see who he's appointed and uh, who's serving in those uh, posts leading the 38 state agencies that are under the governor's command. It becomes a little bit trickier when you're looking at these state 
boards and commissions and task forces. There are scores of them. And there is a state law that passed just a little bit before Rauner was elected in 2014, which requires the governor to report on an annual basis uh, a racial breakdown of his appointments to state boards and commissions. It turns out Rauner wasn't doing that, though. And a group called MALDEF, a Mexican-American civil rights group, and uh, Commissioner Chuy Garcia uh, from Cook County uh, sued the Rauner administration to force him to comply with the law and to disclose that information. Uh, We were concerned having a hunch that we weren't faring well in state government and the non-compliance was probably to cover up and not have to show what we think were pitiful numbers. And so he disclosed all of that information through reports that were then sent to where? Well, they're basically sent to the Illinois House clerk and to the secretary of the state Senate, and they collect dust until we asked for them and we got them. All right. So you dusted off these numbers. What did you find? We found that his administration, despite his claim that it was very diverse. Our administration has a huge number, and I've appointed many African-Americans to key boards, uh, key um, leadership positions in our departments, and many Latinos as well. Is not at all reflective of the population of the state of Illinois as a whole, and that It's overwhelmingly white and male at the upper echelons of the Rauner administration and both the cabinet as well as uh, his board appointments. So when we look at the cabinet, let me just give you a few numbers that I think starkly illustrate uh, this trend. You have 38 cabinet members, of which 30 are white. That's 79 percent. And only four are black, two Hispanic, two Asian that uh, does not reflect the population of the state of Illinois. The state of Illinois has a Hispanic community that's uh, the largest minority at 17 percent. The African-American community is about 14 percent, and you're a little under 6 percent for the Asian community. Then we look uh, at the boards, and again, uh, 73 percent white. And also, by the way, overwhelmingly male, I think I mentioned, uh, more than two-thirds of his cabinet. I think 27 of the 38 are men and only 11 women. And you're also looking at 64 percent men in his state board appointments over the last three years. Have previous governors had cabinets that did match the state population in terms of diversity? Well, I only looked at Pat Quinn back in 2012, uh, not long before Rauner defeated him and replaced him in 2014. And at that time, uh, the Quinn administration was about 70 percent white in its cabinet. Uh, We don't know about the boards. Uh, So essentially, you could say that Quinn was better than Rauner because Rauner's 79 percent white in his cabinet. Uh, But we do know that um, it still didn't match the population of the state, that minority groups were not represented in the cabinets of either of the last two governors to the extent uh, that they existed and live in the population and in the taxpaying public. Now, Governor Rauner is, of course, the incumbent, so he has a record to look at on this issue. We mentioned earlier that J.B. Pritzker is facing a discrimination lawsuit. Dan, can you briefly explain what that's all about? There are 10 staffers, uh, black and Latino, some still working on his campaign, by the way, which some people might find odd. But they are suing uh, the J.B. Pritzker campaign, saying that they've been discriminated against. Yes, the campaign hired black and brown employees. However, our black and brownness remains a fundamental category of disempowerment within the campaign. And they're asking for $7.5 million, which 
maybe is not that much to a candidate who's spent, what, $150 million (laughs) on his campaign. But he has a large campaign staff, and he denies these charges. Uh, He says that uh, his staff on this uh, campaign is 45% people of color, and he categorically denies that he has discriminated against anyone on the basis of race. So besides this lawsuit, let's talk about JB's record on diversity. Earlier, we heard the taped phone calls with Governor Rod Blagojevich. Those didn't really sit well with the black community. He kind of went on a an apology tour during the primary. How has he been navigating race so far in this campaign? Yeah, that was a very, very, very difficult period of his campaign. Uh, it was during the primary, so mm-hmm. it came out before uh, he became the Democratic nominee. But this was a, a very awkward situation. I mean, he was caught on a wiretap with a corrupt uh, then governor of Illinois in Rod Blagojevich. And they're talking about uh, how they're going to replace Barack Obama in the U.S. Senate when he became president. And so in Illinois, there's this presumption a lot of time in in politics that if an African-American leaves a job, has to be replaced by an African-American. If a Hispanic leaves a job, has to be replaced by a Hispanic. And it becomes to to the point where something is a Hispanic seat or an African-American seat. And in that case, it was very awkward for J.B. Pritzker because he's talking about some African-American potential replacements who would be more palatable. Um, the one I, you know, that is least offensive and maybe gets you the most because it gets you that Secretary of State appointment is Jesse White. You can argue he's, you know, he's got a lot in common with Obama. He's black and white. And, you know, what does that mean? Does that mean that they are just more amenable to what the white powers that be want? And that was the implication of that. And so, like you said, he went on an apology tour and immediately summoned all the African-American supporters that he had among elected officials in a show of force. And many of them would swear that they are sure that this is not the J.B. Pritzker, that they know that he is not you know, someone that uh, looks at the world through such a racial prism. But this didn't hurt him in the primary because he ultimately did win the 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 Democratic nomination. Not only did he win the Democratic nomination, he did it with huge support on the south and west sides of Chicago and in other parts of the state where there are uh, predominantly African-American voters in those precincts. And even as we're recording this, the Chicago Sun-Times is reporting that two staffers on the Pritzker campaign have been suspended without pay. This is related to a racial incident. Dan, what do you know about this? Yeah, yet another racial incident on the Pritzker campaign uh, compounding his problems in this area. Two staffers, uh, as you said, suspended without pay because one of them put on blackface while wearing a J.B. Pritzker t-shirt and the other one put that picture up on social media. And so... The campaign now is saying, well, this was not racial. I find it hard to believe that anybody will believe that. And I also find it difficult to believe that just suspending them will be enough. So we shall see if this uh, is something that J.B. Pritzker uh, is going to turn into a multiple day story because maybe they're not dealing with it as strongly as they may need to, judging by the reaction that it elicits. What kind of fallout could something like this produce? I mean, blackface is 
not something to be taken lightly. Well, let's think about the context here, too. We, we've just had a scandal on NBC where Megyn Kelly, mm-hmm. the, the morning host, was defending blackface, and that seems to be costing her her job, which pays her tens of millions of dollars a year. Uh, and then right after that lawsuit, uh, where the 10 staffers, black and Latino, alleged racial discrimination, it's really hard to escape from the impression that perhaps these staffers were mocking their fellow J.B. Pritzker workers who are suing and claiming discrimination. But in this context, it certainly has a potential to be toxic for his campaign. Certainly a super strange development. We'll be watching that in the final weeks of this campaign. All right, Dan, we've been talking about race in the governor's race. The two candidates are a rich white dude and an even richer white dude. Why is this issue of diversity in their cabinets so important? This issue is very important, I think, because uh, it can affect the public policy decisions that are being made. I asked the exact same question of Teresa Ma, who is the first Asian elected to the General Assembly. And she talked about how this issue played out perhaps in the budget impasse in Springfield. You know, if he had more diversity on his staff, you know, both economically as well as ethnically, racially, you might potentially, you know, have you know, heard different stories from around the state. You know, there might be more empathy about what people were going through and how uh, his decision to hold up the budget was actually hurting people. You know, these are public bodies. Let's not forget, these. this is government. This is taxpayer-supported. Everyone pays taxes, and everyone is served by government. So the question is, is everyone's voice being heard at the table? Is everyone represented in the room when policy is being made, when decisions that affect everyone are being made? You know, who's being heard and who has the opportunity to be heard? So if you have somebody in your cabinet who lives in the South Suburbs, they would be able to say, hey, this is how this is going to impact people in the South Suburbs, the taxpayers of the South Suburbs. Exactly. You know, people deserve a piece of the pie that they've put something into, that they've helped bake. And this is their government. And is everyone being represented, regardless of which party is in the governor's mansion? So are either of these two candidates promising to make any changes as it relates to diversity in their top administration? Well, I asked J.B. Pritzker that exact same question. We caught up to him uh, after he uh, taped a live uh, segment here at WBZ. I uh, caught up to him by the elevator and asked him exactly uh, what he thought about precisely this issue. I intend to have the most diverse administration in the history of the state of Illinois. Julie so the Ostrad. most diverse administration in the history of Illinois, that's a pretty low bar, I think. Uh, as we've said, his predecessors uh, did not have cabinets that match the diversity of the state. So I asked him exactly that. If he is elected, will he have a cabinet that looks like the population of the state of Illinois? Yeah, I'm, what I'm promising is that we're going to have a very, very diverse administration and um, that the goal here would be to be reflective of the uh, population of the state. But I think the most important thing is that what we're, what we're doing is putting in the, those very people who are most highly qualified, who are, also happen to have those features. So as you can see, he did not 
go quite as far as uh, promising that he will do this. He said it would be his, quote, goal. Uh, and I think uh, he stumbled a little bit on that question, uh, but promises to do better than Rauner, at least. And what about Rauner? If he's elected again, what will he do? Well, I caught up with Governor Rauner just this week uh, at a bank on the south side of Chicago where uh, he appeared at at a celebration uh, for that institution and uh, asked him exactly that question. Uh, I mean, how could he really say that he has, quote, huge numbers of blacks and Latinos when it's nowhere near their uh, percentage of the population as a whole? We're very proud of uh, who we've appointed, and we look forward to doing more and more. So no promises from Governor Uh, Rauner. No no real acknowledgement that it's even a problem from his point of view. At least we gave him a couple opportunities to to answer that question. And, you know, he feels that if the African-American communities and Latino communities as a whole are thriving under his administration and uh, benefiting from his pro-business policies, that... Somehow, I guess uh, the issues of the cabinet uh, demographics or the makeup of his state boards uh, apparently is not something that he's going to say is a goal of his should he be reelected next month. Hmm. All right. Well, thanks, Dan. My pleasure. That's all for this episode of On Background, the WBEZ Politics Podcast. Our producer is Justin Bull. Our editor is Alex Keith. You can rate, review, subscribe, and download in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow all of WBEZ's political coverage at wbez.org slash politics and always on air at 91.5 FM.